You're listening to the LaxRecords.com podcast, episode two. Today we're talking to Santa Fe Christian head coach Tom DeMeo, so let's get started. Hey everybody, it's Mike here. Uh, welcome to the LaxRecords.com podcast. We're going to get straight into the show this week, but first, um, just want to do a little bit of house cleaning. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, at LaxRecords, on Instagram, at LaxRecords, and at Facebook.com slash LaxRecords. Um, and be sure to subscribe to us at iTunes and leave a review. It really, really helps out quite a bit. Um, today's guest, we're going to be talking to Santa Fe Christian head coach Tom DeMeo. Um, he's a New Englander. Uh, I've been coaching lacrosse for over 25 years. He's currently the head coach at Santa Fe Christian in California. He just won a CIF title out there this past season. And um, he's also the former head coach at Northeastern University in Boston. He's going to talk a little bit today about just some tips and tricks um, on how players can make their JV team. Um, and then later in the podcast, we're going to kind of take a short intermission, and then we're going to kind of talk about how the players can make the jump from that JV team or maybe that freshman team into the varsity team. So let's get into the show. First of all, uh, obviously, you've probably seen your share of uh, young players in your day. Um, what is do you think is the biggest factor in a player making the team um, and getting cut as a as a JV or a freshman player? Well, I think I think us as coaches we recognize right away what type of player that that he can they can develop into whether it's are they are they communicating on the field what's their work ethic like uh, do they do they play like a good teammate do they make smart decisions and that's stuff that you know right off the bat you can tell if a kid's played sports he's an athlete you know, is he going to hurt or help mm-hmm. the team in the future um, so, so I, I'd say I call it inner work ethic. You know, it's it's seeing a kid and knowing he's going to work at it to get himself to the next level. If that's what if that's where he's at yeah. his development. Uh, some kids have played their whole life and they've really worked at it. And athletically, you just know they might not be able to help you someday. So you really focus on them as an individual and as as a player that's going to help being off the field and positive influence in your so you say it's kind of seems like it's more the that intangible quality at at least at that age like you're looking for something out of that kid that you know maybe he hasn't developed physically yet but you're looking for for that thing that you know that just kind of drive yeah that that drive and and, you know that drive is going to indicate if he's going to be a role player or if he's driven and he's young and he's, he's he's a middle school kid he's a ninth grader and you know he's going to be working at it, and he's going to be playing other sports, and 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 has that inner work ethic. You know he's going to be a contributor and be a positive uh, athlete on your team. Right. Okay. Um, so when it comes to the the physical aspect, obviously at that at that age, and I know kids are, are committing at much earlier ages now, but you know. Putting that aside, um, what do you feel are the most important physical skills that a player needs to have at, at that age? Well, one thing that that usually stands pretty steady is is their athleticism and their speed. If um, you know, I know me particularly, I don't get too caught up in height and build. Um, I know at the higher levels and the college coaches, frame is a is a big deal when they're looking at kids. But um, I think foot speed, quickness and intelligence can make, um, when you see a kid in, in maybe eighth or ninth grade or a younger kid, if you see they have plus speed and, and a good IQ, 
the rest of the game, uh, you, you can, you can teach them, um, if they, or if they can teach it to themselves, they work at it. But, uh, though I think speed and, and quickness is, is really, really important. Can, can that speed be taught? Yeah. As time, as time goes on, I've, I've seen kids certainly, you know, put, put, uh, uh, put a lot of foot speed work in and, and ladders, uh, they do ladders, they do jump ropes, they do parachute runs, and I've seen increase their speed over time. Um, generally, though, you know, if they don't work at it, it's not going to increase much more than um, it is relative when they're when they're in say ninth or tenth grade. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sure Ricky Henderson was probably yeah. doing that fast. <laughs> <laughs> so some things just get, yeah, some things it, it, uh, <laughs> and speed is something that yeah you can get better at it, but you can't you can't give it to somebody, <laughs> you know so. Um, right. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of mentioned the, the mental part of the game, you know, obviously going from, from middle school to something like JV or varsity is, and can be a little bit of a different world. So what should players be mentally prepared for, um, at that level? Well, I think one of the, one of the big differences kids are going to get coming out of say a youth program or, or some of these, some of these club programs, you're going to see a definitely a bigger focus on conditioning and, and a lot more running and practice, which isn't necessarily, um, you know, what kids want to do, but it is something that, that us high school coaches, you know, we really believe in conditioning and, uh, and, and we want to make sure that it, it almost weeds out the kids who are committed to the sport and not. Uh, you want a kid that shows up day one to tryouts who's already in shape. You don't want it to be a job to get them in shape. And that, that gets you back to the inner work ethic. If they care about the sport and they care about your team or they're playing other sports, which is, which is helpful to your team, then, you know, that, that conditioning mm-hmm. really plays into um, how they show up day one and, and where they're mentally at. Um, and that just makes them mental, mentally tough. Yeah. Do you ever get players from that middle school team that know they're going to try out for the JV or varsity team approach you like over the summer or something like that to get some of this information before they even try out for the team? Yeah, you know, you, you do have always at, you know, evaluation or, or let's say skills and clinics that I do, I'll get it from, you know, mm-hmm. bo- either boys or girls, lacrosse players will say at, you know, the end of the first clinic or the second clinic and I've never coached them. Uh, but sometimes it even be a tournament that they play in. You know, they'll come up and say, hey, what, what, what can I do better? Uh, I, had a, I had a Syracuse commit ask me that this summer, you know, after two games. What could I do better? So it never stops. You, you know, you always get uh, working to get better. And the kids that get to the highest level are the ones asking, you know, the good coaches if, if there's one or two things in their game they can improve on. At the younger levels, you know, generally it's it's a lot of times the same answer. You gotta you gotta keep working the wall. You gotta keep shooting. You gotta keep getting faster. You know, you gotta eat right. You gotta stay stay get your grades up. You know, all those things that that are gonna play out over the next three or four years with those kids. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, you mentioned the the Syracuse kid and the kids that come up to you after yep. you know asking what they can do better. Does that make a player stand out in your mind whenever you hear that? Like, how often does that happen? Uh, it, it 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 probably should happen more. Um, me, I, I I'm gonna you know I'll watch kids and and they'll be they'll be high D one commits and 
you know, sometimes I'll, I'll look at it and say, wow, if that kid could just, you know, do this and this and this, and, um, you know, he, he will even be better. And uh, But it does happen. And, and you know, it, it does happen. And, right. you know, my role as a coach, no matter what level I'm coaching, is to give them those, uh, the, the, that information. And, and I don't care if they're a kid who's never played before. I'll, I'll be telling them how to hold their stick. And if it's a kid who uh, is committed to, you know, Maryland, and I think he can improve with an arm angle on a shot, I'm going to tell him that too. And, and it could be a habit he's had for 15 years. It, but, um, you know, you have to look mm-hmm. at every kid independently and, you know, what, what their strengths are, um, which, is fun, yeah. which is fun. Right. Uh, yeah, obviously every player is different. You can't treat anything like uh, – no, you're not going to probably see two players that are alike or have the same issues, so you got to treat each one as the individual that they are. Yeah. And, you know, interestingly enough, Mike, the, the the other sports aspect plays a huge factor in it. You know, if, if you have a kid and you know he's played hockey, but he, he, he really grew to lacrosse late, but he, he played hockey his whole life, he may have a totally different skill set than the kid who's played lacrosse his whole life and never played another sport. Um, and, and that skill set can be used to his advantage. Yeah, I, I think that's something that, you know, I started my uh, reporting career covering football, and football has become such a uh, uh, almost a monosport culture. Like, when you're not playing football, you're training for football. You're getting ready for combine season. Um, and, you know, in lacrosse, even when I first started five, six years ago, however long it's been now, I don't want to age myself too much. Um, you know, that was one of the things that stood out to me is lacrosse coaches encourage players or seem to encourage the players to you know, go out and play basketball, play hockey play these other sports because it's going to help. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I I learned that really early in my coaching career. I, you know, I, I was trying to bring a program to a certain level, and I knew how – I mean, we, we had to learn how to pass and catch. But I, I realized, right. you know, even getting kids out of, you know, six months of playing hockey, they're going to learn how to pass and catch in practice. But they, they've been playing – for six months, they've been, they've been fighting one-on-one battles. And that's something you can't duplicate two weeks into the season. So, you know, there is a lot of right. good things that come from other sports. And you know, I certainly don't believe in specialization. I think, you know, kids get a balance at some point. Um, it, it is relative to specialize, I think, when you hit a certain level. But uh, I, I think, you know, I, I, think, right. I think just, it, you know, it, not only is it great for the kid mentally, it's, uh, it's physically, in my eyes, prevents injury when – their body is adapted to multiple different movements and, and tasks. All right. I'm going to ask you a couple, uh, you know, uh, opposite end of the spectrum questions real quick. So you can just give me a quick answer if you want. What's the biggest mistake you see young players trying to make a freshman or JV team? Uh, trying to do too much. Trying to show the coach that, that they, they, uh, they can score goals. And in the end, we don't, we're, we're not, we're not counting who's scoring goals in tryouts. <laughs> we, we want you to want turning the ball over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you can't score many goals if the ball's, ball's on the ground. Um, all right, so on the opposite end of that, what's the biggest positive you can see a young player uh, do whenever they're trying to make the JV or the freshman team? Communication. So, so many kids at that level aren't communicating, and if you if you walk in, even if you've never played before, and you're telling, you know, you're calling out ones and two slides, or you're you're, you're cutting through on dodges. Um, or talking to your offensive players, and, and that that 
stands out to a coach big time. Okay. All right. Um, so, and we're just going to kind of, you, you've mentioned a lot of things, just kind of have you a little bit, sum them up uh, real quick. What do you think there are three things that a player can do today um, to improve their chances of making that freshman or JV team? Uh, wall ball, uh, the weight room, and certainly increasing speed. And you mentioned the weight room. What specifically should do you think they should be working like overall? Like, like what what kind of things do you think they could do to help? Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, you know movement type stuff. You know, not really heavy weight, light stuff. You know, jumps. Uh, you know, push ups, pull ups. You know, a lot of things just kind of uh, inner body strength and, and keeping themselves flexible. No, no, three hundred pound uh, bench press or anything like that going to help them out. <laughs> All right, now that we've kind of got those players on the JV or freshman team uh, with some little tips and advice from Coach Tom DeMeo from Santa Fe Christian, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk about um, the difference between the JV and freshman game versus the varsity game. And also, what's some things that a player can do to help put himself in the best position to make that varsity team, whether it be after your sophomore year or if you're trying to make that team as a freshman or if you're in New York or Massachusetts or one of the states that allow eighth graders in. What can you do to kind of get to that level earlier? So, uh, you know, they we've got the players. They've kind of gotten to the point where they either made the JV or on the freshman team, and now they want to take that next step. Um what do you see as the biggest difference between a freshman JV player and a player that's on the varsity? Well, you're going to get an obvious level of maturity um, in, 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 in just general um, athleticism from, from an older player. Uh, but you do, you know, th- there are kids that come in as freshmen who are battle-tested and have played you know, enough sports and, and enough lacrosse that they're ready to go at the varsity level. And you, mm-hmm. usually you spot those guys out and – there's, you know, maturity on and off the field is usually the number one thing that separates those guys, whether it's knowing when to throw a pass, knowing when to shoot the ball, knowing when to get off the field, you know, knowing, uh, you know, things like that, that uh, a kid with well, maturity is really probably the right word to describe the difference. Yeah. And when you're saying maturity, just to clarify, you're, you're not meaning like age, you're meaning like uh, sport, lacrosse IQ and things. Of yeah, that it's, it's, it's I, I call it more field presence. Um, lacrosse IQ and, and decision making and uh, those those things are what separate the kids who are going to be successful on the varsity level versus a, a player that may kind of ride their career at JV and, and come up as a senior and, and watch. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, I know one of the things when you, I watch a lot of pro sports, one of the things you hear uh, a lot of the commentators and stuff say is, you know, the players have to adjust to the speed of the game. Um, is there that difference between the JV and the varsity team? Absolutely. I mean, it depends on the regions of the country that you're in and the program that you're with, but it, there's an absolute, uh, you know, variation in speed. It's, it's much faster, uh, you know, especially I see it in California. You have a lot of freshmen. If they're good players, they, they'll be contributing varsity players, you know, out, out in the West Coast a lot of times. And they'll go from playing eighth grade lacrosse with seventh and eighth, you know, sixth through eighth graders to varsity level lacrosse and, you know, playing sometimes against some of the best players in the country. So it, uh, yeah, you can see a, you can see a, 
a pretty big difference in game speed, absolutely. Yeah, you ever get to see that deer in the headlights look from a player playing for <laughs> that first Yeah, all the game? time, all the time. And, it, and it's great when that wears off because you, so you may have so much faith <laughs> in a player and he's just a freshman or a sophomore and it, it takes him uh, – it might take them five or six games to get going, but uh, I know uh, I know I've seen it a lot. It happens every year, actually. Yeah, I guess if if you knew the answer to this question, you might you might not have had the previous answer. But you know, is there anything a player can kind of do to it, help themselves adjust a little bit faster, or might kind of mentally prepare themselves for that that change? Yeah, it's, it's challenging himself in the off season in leading up to tryouts. A lot of times, you know, if you're an offensive player finding a varsity player and doing one-on-ones with them um, or, or, or going to practices. If you're an eighth-grade player or a middle school kid, you know, maybe practicing up with some of the older kids and getting a feel for how they move around on the field. Um, certainly watching a lot of lacrosse helps, you know, knowing terminology that the announcers use. And you may, if you're coming out of a youth program with maybe some, some good-natured dads coaching and they don't have the same terminology as your coach, the more you know about lacrosse, the better when you get up to that varsity level. So when it comes to that, we've kind of covered some of the mental part of the game physically. What skills um, difference do you see in a, a JV freshman player versus a varsity player? What's that difference like? What can they do to, to make that jump easier? Yeah, you know, players are going to be much more capable of shooting on the run. Um, you know, coming out of their dodge, the, the passes are going to come quicker. So you've got to be more prepared to, to catch the ball. And, and always have your stick in a position to catch the ball because you never know when a player might put it in your stick and you, you may be looking the other way at the varsity level and throw you a no-look pass. And that's something they weren't doing at the JV level. So, um, you know, yeah. so it's, you know, improve it. It's, it's, you're going to see more on-the-run shooting. You're going to see bigger, faster, stronger defensemen who, you, who are going to be harder to run by. Um, you know, defensemen are going to throw better checks. Um, and, and then offensively, um, you got to know how to attack those defensemen and, and try to do it to the best of your ability. All right, Coach. I think that pretty well pretty well does it for, for that. That was all the questions that, that I had. Is there anything that you feel that we kind of didn't cover um, that you see players do or, or don't do that can kind of help them out? No, you know, one thing I think that's important, that, that players communicate with their coaches. And, and, you know, maybe some staffs are different than others. But um, if a player knows what – if a coach knows what a player really wants to get out of the sport, it can help them coach that player. And, uh, and, and you know, figuring out a role for a player is something that players can help with. You know, coaches can throw a kid in a role, but they may not know some of the history. They may not know the sports the kid used to play. So I, I, I always recommend communicating with the coach or the staff. And when you say, like, like – what, what would you expect to see, from, or what would you like to see from a player that kind of communicates that to you? Like, hey, you know, I mean, I, I've seen players walk up to coaches and be like, "Hey, coach, you know, I want to, I want to play attack," and you know, they, they, don't, you know, they're nowhere close to being the fastest player on the team, or you know, may not have the skills. So you kind of almost have to to realign that player's expectation goal. Yeah, you, you know, it's like you could have an attackman, and and he comes up and says, "Coach, you know." I know I'm never going to get in the field on attack. You got three All Americans out there. What can I do to What can I do to get on the field? You know, I'm a left-handed attackman, and you got you know three of them. And what, what can I do to get in the field? You know, and, and and that sometimes sometimes you may think a player is just not engaged, but when they do that, you say, well, what do you think about you know running some D midi? 
you know, have you you willing to to learn how to take faceoffs? Mm-hmm. You know, um, have you you know, we need a defenseman. How about an LSM position or you know, and and but you got to play JV for a year, and and you know, you got to you got to you got to become a player on that side of the ball. But you know, so those are those are conversations. A lot of good staffs will figure that stuff out themselves. Mm-hmm. But you know, we we you, you can't. You know, we certainly can't expect every player is going to be in a staff that that's you know really has the experience or or in a program that has the experience and that's going to see those things. And you know, I, I put some pressure on the players to communicate openly with the coaches. Well, that seems to go along with what you were saying earlier about the maturity. You know, players that's a little bit more self confident, a little bit more mature, might be a little bit more inclined to go up to those guys and say, "Hey, you know, I want to get on the field. I'll do what it yeah, takes." Yeah, and and. Hey, if you're if you're a freshman and you know you are looking ahead and saying, "Wow, I, I don't know if I'll ever crack the lineup here as an offensive player," and you go to coach and say, "Hey, what do you think about defense?" That that makes the coach's job easier if they're already seeing what you're seeing, uh, you know, because they usually would know, you know, have that figured out. But they may not know. Rather than you quitting, you want to you, you'll play anything to be part of the team. That that says a lot for a kid. Yeah, I know it's uh, I, I've been been my share of those conversations where the coach is just like, wow, yeah. that kid's willing to play. We'll find we'll find a place for him if he wants to play that bad. You know, we'll find something. You, you don't usually turn those kids away. The ones that have that huge desire to play. No, and, and you know, and, and there may be a kid that he may never contribute, but us as coaches, we're going to put him on the field if if he's given it a hundred percent effort in practice, and he, and those kids yeah. are going to make it on the field may not be in a, in a tie game, but, you know, I mean, ultimately it's our job as coaches to try to give every kid a great high school experience. And um, if the kids are working hard, they're going to get repaid for it. And I, just, I think that's a, a pretty good um, way to end it, too. I always try to remember, you know, it, it, we, co- we cover this thing as a reporter, and, you know, it's a lot of fun. Kind of try to remember, like, this is still high school. The kids should be having fun. I mean, it is – when it comes down to it, it's a game. A lot of kids are never going to go on to play another level, so enjoy it and uh, enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, and Mike, that's what I enjoy about you know your focus on on what you do is that you focus in on the high school, you know, experience let more than the club, you know. So it's and that's I think that's good because yeah. I think these days the club club is getting a lot of recognition and hey, I have clubs too and I think it's great, but I I think the high school experience is really what you know leaves these kids with a foundation. Or begins a foundation of where they're, what they're going to do in their life on the field and off the field. Yeah, I agree, and I appreciate the kind words. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take flat. I'll take flattery any day of the week. <laughs> yeah. Hey there, everybody. Um, sorry for the abrupt end there. Um, and uh, as you probably noticed, we had a little bit of audio issues during the recording of that podcast. Um, this is actually the third po- first podcast I recorded, so. Um, I promise they get a lot better after this because I worked out um, the few kinks. Sorry for Coach DeMeo being the guinea pig on that one. Um, he was a really good sport about it and a, and a really great interview. So, um, again, hopefully you guys got something out of this. You can go to laxrecords.com, um, and I will have the show notes for this show posted on the website. And I'm also going to have a link to the story um, that we're kind of referencing that we're doing for tips to make the JV and then tips to make the varsity team. So, again... Um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Lax Records and Facebook at facebook.com slash Lax Records. Thanks for listening, everyone.